Hey guys, it's the Puppet Parent Podcast, episode 13, Puppet Town. In this episode, we'll talk about what's eating Z's garden, confronting actual racists, 100 workshops, and our new summer schedule. Hello, everyone. We are the Puppet Parent Podcast. That's right. My name is Chad. My name is Z. Hi. That's right. We are puppeteers. We're parents. Mm -hmm. We podcast in. That's right. Coming at you from the amazing residency space uh, from the Springville Center for the Arts, way out here in western New York, where um, who knew there was Black Lives Matter protests today, every single week. That's moving forward. And, um, and we had puppet shows, and we're going to talk about um, a lot of different stuff, including where, like, where, where we're at, mm-hmm. like our kids are at, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, so stick around. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty to talk about. Z, you want to talk about Chippy Chip? Uh, okay so um we started a garden when we first got here i Mm -hmm. was really excited about having space that was one of the reasons that we came out here for the summer was um to give the kids space and also to give us some space and i thought well you know i've always wanted to have a vegetable garden let's go for it so we planted it's not huge just a few things in a gated area that they already had but uh definitely we had some visitors who were snacking <laughs> and i was feeding the whole forest all of a sudden yeah you were like so. a disney princess <laughs> they, they set up the, the the wildlife camera that has a motion sensor so anytime something moves nearby no matter how big or how small it will take a picture yes and so what, what were the list of animals that you were feeding your little buffet that you gave bequeathed <laughs> To the neighborhood of animals. Well, there was a lot of bunnies, a lot of bunnies, <laughs> and then um, chipmunks. That's mm-hmm. why, uh, and um, we'll get to that in a second. And then um, squirrels, mm-hmm. and there was also a deer. We think it was a deer. It was big. It was on the other side of the fence. It never came in. Um, but the bunnies were the main culprits of the uh, chomping away. Yeah. So, yes. so they took they took uh, like the first night. You you said they took the, your entire eggplant. Yeah, decimated. Just gone. Like, I mean, these are sprouts. Like, I, you know, I bought, like, plants that had already sprouted. So I don't know what you call those, but that's what they were. And I, I put them in the ground, and then they were suddenly not there. Like, no sign of them. Like, eaten, do 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 nothing. Yeah. Um, and peas, they I ate all of the peas. Mm-hmm. So no peas this year. Yeah, so actually, they're kind of like, they have similar tastes to you, because you're always good for an eggplant parm. Yes. Right. You know, and like peas, you know, give peas a chance. I like peas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we have similar tastes. It's yeah. true. But um, then uh, you got you. I, I mean, this is more your story than my more my story oh, about well, we the told, chipmunk. We, we told Grandpa because we're, we're living with my parents right now uh, to ride out the virus throughout the summer because New York City is extremely hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but out in the country, you get some breeze. You can walk outside. No consequences whatsoever. Uh, if you have a place, uh, so yeah, so so I told Grandpa, and he's like, "Oh yeah, here we go." Because I said, "Oh, why don't we? They have feral cats around. Why don't we put a can of cat food out so that a predator would come around, so that would discourage all the bunnies and stuff from coming around?" Because we saw these baby robins uh, hatching and then growing and falling out of their nest, which is apparently something that baby robins just do. Yes. Uh, and then the parents, the, the the father robin, will like look after them. And like move them, move with them into like to keep them safe. Dive bomb creatures that are like, you know, like 
full, you know, like dad, like dad Robin mode or something. It's just like nature all the time out here. Yeah. It's great. We love it. So, so he was like, really? Hmm. And he took whatever he could in his own, like he's like the DIY king where he'd just take whatever he got and he has a lot of stuff. So he took a screen door and, and like, uh, had some what extra else? hog wire trellis. Hog wire trellis. Yeah. That's amazing sounding. It sounds like a fantasy name. It, well, they, it was, <laughs> it's like this thick um, fencing that they were using on their deck, but they had some extra. So we had that. Could that. Be, that could be the hero and name in like a fantasy book. It's probably not called trellis, but I'm using it as trellis for uh, the pickles. So it yeah. actually worked out very well. And yeah. then what, what are you? And, and, and he uh-huh. also put out a live trap because I found a live trap in their basement. Like a have a heart and it's, trap. And it's A small. kind trap. Yeah, glue glue traps are evil. Never use a glue trap, um, and snap traps uh, will like will sometimes kill instantly, uh, but not always. We didn't uh, want to hurt anybody. No, no, we, we no. just so I have a heart trap, a live trap. It's small. Uh, it's small. It has like a little bit of bait. You put like a little food in the, on this little metal plate in the middle that's precariously placed, and as soon as you touch the plate, the sides of it go boop and traps whatever's in there inside. And and then you find them yeah. in the morning. So we go out each morning. This was Chad and uh, Grandpa's idea to do. This. Well, he did it all by himself. I just okay, told. Well. I just kind of planted the seed. I I was like, I, <laughs> I mean, we'll feed the forest a little. It's all right. And they, all the boys yeah. were like, No, we will protect your <laughs> garden. Chivalry. Yeah. So, so red um, wall. <laughs> yeah, which which our, our oldest has been reading. The other day, it was mm-hmm. like he was like, "I need a chapter book." I'm like, "Well, we have this," and just dumped Redwall. And he's like, "No, I tried to read that when I was younger. And oh. I didn't. I couldn't get through the first page." Sharon wants to know when really the puppet show is starting. Sharon, this is oh. our podcast, our Aha. weekly podcast, but we have a free 11 a.m. puppet show on Fridays, every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So tune in then and you can see our puppet shows. Yes. But um, on Sundays, we do uh, this podca- podcast, which uh, lets people know how we're doing, the the people behind the puppets. Yeah, that's true. And, yes. and no- normally we, d- we had been doing this at 9 o'clock, Every single week, this is our thirteenth week in a row doing this podcast. Uh, when we were back in Astoria in Queens, we would record at nine at nine o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday, and then we would just roll into bed because the podcast equipment is right next to our bed. It was nice and easy. Out here, it's like um, we have to drive from a from a place ten minutes to get into a darkened village to you know go into the basement to set up the studio. And then after the podcast, it's 10 o'clock or later, and then we have to drive home. And everything about that is just like more trouble and tiredness. And you don't want to drive when you're tired. Uh, so we decided to change the to change it up. 3 p.m. Sundays. Let us know what you think, you guys. Yeah. 3 p.m. Sundays. Yeah. Next next week, I have a show at 3 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> I well, I guess we're not doing it every week so, at 3 p.m. Well, no, we, we decided 3 p.m. because... Uh, one one o'clock for at least two weeks in a row on Sundays. Uh, there've been a Black Lives Matter uh, protests, and we've been involved, and we want to keep being involved. So that's enough buffer mm-hmm. time. Which is why I'm still wearing my shirt. Yeah, yes. that's enough buffer time to where we can, after like an hour or whatever of protesting, get the uh, get, take the kids home, and then come back here and set everything up three o'clock. That's what we did today. Uh, next week, I don't know. We'll either do it earlier or later. One of the two. We'll find out. Um, so we'll let you know. So the, we have a heart set trap. out the live traps. Trap, okay. <laughs> we set out the live traps, and 
the, and I didn't know they were small. They were too small for a bunny. Bunny's not going to crawl into there. Uh, they were only good for squirrels or chipmunks, which we we'd said both of those had come. Yes. So well, one morning, went out there, picked up the trap, and inside was a little chipmunk, an so adult, cute. adult chipmunk. It was so cute. Yeah, and it was a little freaked out, but also, you know, it was, uh, I think it had nibbled on the bread a little bit. It was adorable. The whole point of, of the live trap is to trap the animal and then get it out of your place, you know, to discourage the animal and others from coming back, but not to hurt it in any way. So I came no. and brought it and showed the boys. Showed the boys. They've never seen a chipmunk up close before. I mean, come on, city kids. I mean, I haven't either, <laughs> quite honestly. I mean, uh, uh, our friends over in Northern Ireland, and, and guess what? It's legal to have chipmunks as pets in other countries, guys. Yeah, our, our friends, the Donalds, had chipmunks as pets. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible because it's like a wild animal. Yeah. It'd be like having a squirrel or something as a pet. And they're like, and it's just like a hamster in any, any other country. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, chipmunk, whatever. And we're like, no, yeah, this is so special. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we brought it in. We looked at it, put, did a little video for Facebook, you know, just whatever. And brought it out, released it in a different part of the woods. And that was it. And as soon as I opened up the gates, it was like, straight out of there. It's like your science lesson for the day. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, real so life. We did two days, uh, two days in a row. Both mm-hmm. times caught a chipmunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, the first day, uh, we have this nickname for chipmunks. We call them all chippy. Yeah, they're all they all have the same name except for our son Finn, who decided that they are now being named Chippy, Chippy Chip Chip, Chippity Chip Chip Chip. <laughs> Chippy, chip, chippy, chip. He was like, next, like, <laughs> next, he's like. Like all we, variations. We were calling this one chippy and he's like, this one should be, it's chippy chip. <laughs> and next, and if the next one will be chippy, chip, chip. <laughs> we're like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> and Alyssa says that she used those traps for mice in New York City and they were very successful. Yeah. Guess yeah. what? I'm going to bring the live trap back here because in this studio which is a fallout shelter i saw a tiny baby, baby mouse, mouse tiny baby, baby mouse. mouse tiny we still have we still have an enclosure at home we are not baby keeping mouse. the baby mouse <laughs> the last time we tried to mouse. keep a baby mouse it ended in disaster where the baby mouse was poisoned probably or had something wrong and it was a wild baby mouse we spent all this time constructing a cage with seth uh, my, my brother-in-law and then it died uh, it was very sad, mm. but we've had we have had we have caught baby mice and kept them as pets, and that was fine, and it was fun, and they didn't know any different, and they lived longer than they would in the wild, uh, because because all animals lived longer in captivity, uh, unless they're like a specific species that doesn't do well in captivity. Mm. Yes, Jamie Godown says I had a rescued chipmunk that her cat had. Uh, uh, found uh-huh. uh, after they got better it started to freak out in the cage let him go and that's how i got my first rat yay yeah rats are great pets they are great pets yeah, yeah we've had um rats for a number of years now and now our last two rats well as you said one passed away and then the other yeah. one is living out the rest of their days out here in the country so eating whatever they want you yes. know all the sugary snack all, all, everything that they say you shouldn't feed them i'm like whatever uh, like she's like she's got breast cancer. Like most, like fifty percent of all female rats develop it unless you get them neutered within the first three months. Hmm. Um, so there's Which nothing. We learned. We yeah. didn't know that before. So that there's literally nothing we can do. So mm-hmm. just like oh, just make you comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. But her her sister that she lived her entire life with is now dead. 
which is you know super sad. Now she's all alone. But she, but the it's always the one you like the most that dies first. That that that's my experience. We loved all our pets. Yeah, right? but, but Chad had a special pets, relationship. Some pets you love more than others. <laughs> but it's not like children. We love all our children. But um, some people say it's okay to to have a favorite child. I don't have a favorite child, but some people say that's fine. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm an only child, so either mm. you love me or you don't. Yeah. That's, <laughs> there's no competition. <laughs> um, well, anyway. Uh, Come here, only oh, child. It's okay. Oh, I love, that's right. I love Tell you. me what it's like to have brothers and sisters. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Either your best friends or your worst enemies. And they're always there. They're always there. Yep. Hey, um, so what else do we want to tell people about this week? It's been a good week. Not it's only been, did we protest yeah. today, but um, well, we've been performing. We've continued to perform. We had a really interesting performance on Friday with Three Billy Goats Gruff that went a little Let me tell you about the behind the, behind the, the scenes. It, it, <laughs> uh, so this Friday, for the first time ever, uh, I thought I got hacked because a bunch of our friends, puppeteer friends, got hacked on Facebook, started sending out these messages. Peter Lewis, by the way, also got hacked. Sorry, Peter. Uh, that you know, you get a little message from them, and it's this like viral video or something. Don't click on it. No matter if somebody sends you a video with no context and it seems fishy, they got hacked. So I was trying to log in on on the other computer, on Z's computer. It wasn't going through. I was like, oh my god, all, none of the passwords are working. Oh my goodness, I, I got hacked too. Ah! So I had to use my phone and reset the password. When I did that, because Restream, which we use to split our video feed into two it's so we're simulcasting right now on youtube and on facebook at the same time right restream does that but it's finicky so when i went into restream and said like okay here's my new password and such uh i didn't like that or something and so the broadcast i was putting out on youtube was perfect Mm -hmm. on friday and the and the one that went on facebook live was like every five seconds you get a little you know, it was like one of those. And it was like a minute behind. It was lag. Everything about it was terrible. So I was getting people's live comments. Uh, just like right now, we're getting your live comments on our screen. Uh, and people were just like, oh, my God, you know, it's freezing. Is it freezing for you? Yes. Everybody's like, it's freezing. It's freezing. It's freezing. So I was like, okay. We restarted the feed twice. Same issue. So I just I said, everybody, abandon ship. Go to YouTube. Watch it there. They did. Um, and then I figured it out afterwards. But when this happens... I'm alone in this studio. I know. I used to be here because when it was in our apartment, I was always there for Fridays at 11 a.m. But now um, I'm not here Friday mornings because I'm with the kids, helping them with their schoolwork and just like having my time with the kids. Yeah. So. But but th- th- there wouldn't be anything you could do. So. No, I would have just been moral support. Like, yeah. good job, honey. It's going to be okay. Uh, and then chatting with everybody like, we don't know what's going on, but we, we're so happy you're here. Yeah, that would have been that would have been nice to have somebody else. Because I was trying to figure yeah. out what to do and also telling people, go to our YouTube channel. Ugh. So I got through it. But like, if you watch that video of me performing, mm-hmm. which somebody said it was the highlight of their week. And thank you very much. And it was amazing. So and I was sweet. like, oh, my God, that's so nice. I was freaking out inside because it's like, just get through it. Just get through it. There's nothing I can do. Show must go on. It's good on YouTube. And that's going to be the backup. So as soon as this live stream nightmare is over then you'll just have this copy that's good forever. But you can't take all that energy and perform also at the same day. It's like, you know, it's like you, you want to be calm and mm-hmm. serene and, you know, 
<laughs> yes, that was crazy. Um, that happened. What else did we do? We had a meeting with the Springville Center for the Arts, which is our host for the summer here. They are hosting us uh, in their space, and we are going to start some things with them this week. One of the things is going to be interviewing some of the people in the village of Springville with Mystery Max. Mystery Max is one of our puppets that we love so much. He has his own show, his own detective agency in the show. So we thought, what better way uh, to learn more about the Springville uh, and all the people who are in it than having our uh, personal PI, Mystery Max, <laughs> go on a, uh, an adventure once a week at least and uh, interview different people who are around and get to know the people in our neighborhood. Uh, so uh, this week we're gonna be going to the library and interviewing Jennifer who runs the library there. They're gonna be very short, one to two minutes, um, but just to find out about, you know, these awesome people who helped to make Springville such a special place to be. Yeah. So I'm really and, excited about that. And, and I, was, I was saying like, like if you're moving into a new town, you should do this. You should just do it. Start up a video <laughs> series and go interview people in your neighborhood like it's some like kind of like official thing because it's the best way to just like introduce yourself. Oh yeah. And you have a shared memory with them. Every time you see them, you can be like, hey, remember that, you know? That We're video? giving them free advertising. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're giving them a platform, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do a lot. Springville is a really interesting place. There's a lot of, like, really cool, like, neat Springville-only things. Um, and uh, and then there's also things that, like, you know, a lot of people can relate to, like the library. So um, mm -hmm. we're excited to um, start that this week with our very first interview and hoping that it's going to go well and that we get to do even more as our summer continues yeah i mean the the one one thing that seth who is the director i believe of the center for the arts he is uh said that his goal with for the summer was to turn springville into puppet town yay yeah <laughs> puppet town watch out springville you didn't know it but uh we're here and well actually we were in the paper did you guys know that we're kind of a big deal no <laughs> say that but we did get on the front page <laughs> of the springville paper. journal we did so you know hometown uh, boy does good that's right yeah hometown boy and i'm from western new york i'm just from a different town you're few, from around here few towns over you're from a town just like this few towns over yeah western new york <laughs> right so so with that there, there's so many things these that we're developing with them to take us to Puppet Town. So we are developing new shows. We're kind mm -hmm. of pulling back. Uh, so we're kind of pulling back from performing all the time, which was happening naturally mm -hmm. anyway for the summer because there's so many more activities for people to do safely outside now that Western New York, especially in soon New York City. Uh, Western New York is on to phase three, I believe. Yeah, I think we're in yeah. phase three now. Uh, yeah. Out of four, three out of four ain't bad. Um, and in terms of the quarantine and the coronavirus that we're heading through, uh, New York City's on phase two, which is incredible. Uh, schools and libraries and theaters are phase four. So the arts, performing arts is phase four. We're going to keep streaming until I don't know when, but uh, we're hoping, we're all hoping, looking at the fall, hoping that phase four will mean um, more work and kids going back to school and stuff like that, but you just don't know. Like, who, who knows? No, nobody who knows, knows. Nobody knows. And if they say they know, they're lying. So, um, or, or, it's we, just, or just optimism. Or optimist. 
Yeah. Or pessimistic. I, it, we just, we really just don't know. Um, it could go either way at this point. But um, we're just going to keep an eye on things and, and see. Um, and, of course, you know, we want to be able to go back to our home in New York City because that's where we live. Um, and we hope that that might be possible for us uh, in the fall. Um, but we're going to, we'll just see how it plays out. We'll see. We're having a great old time, not like... Not being in our hot as hell New York City apartment right now because it was getting hot. We we had like an 80 degree day and yeah. I had to record something and I was just like, oh, I cannot record with an air conditioner 10 feet away because it's just going to sound like all the time. Uh, so Jenny Han, who did her last workshop today, yeah, yeah, like was saying like, yes, it's hot. Stopping the air conditioner to record like a 15 minute workshop was hell. Just that it's mm. like incredibly hot and humid, right. like it gets in the city, something about the concrete, the concrete like radiating heat or something like that. Uh, yeah, it just gets really warm there, you know, and that mm -hmm. was one of the reasons that we had a whole list of reasons why it was a good idea for us to get out of the city for yeah. the summer. Um, and so that was one of them, because usually we um, are just not in the apartment very much during the summer. And if you are in the apartment, it's okay to have the air conditioner going because it's not like you're performing in there or anything. Why would you be performing in no. your apartment? No, you're just keeping uh, the pets alive. You know, just keeping right. that AC running. Right. So, um, so what one, are we doing? What's what, what work doing? 100 workshops. 100 workshops. It's happening this week on Thursday. We hit our 100th workshop. And then guess what? Well, I just want to say it again. Like yes. We've been doing a workshop every single day since March 17th. Every single day. That's amazing. So, uh, yes, 100 unique, special puppet DIY workshops. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm really like, so proud of us for doing yeah. that. Um, not to be like toot toot, but you know, <laughs> I, it's you get to toot a little, little, little bit. toot, tiny toot toot toot. Um, but you know, it's exciting to to be able to look back and know that um, we had an idea right when this first started to like to try and do something every single day. And we're maintaining that idea, but now it's evolving. So can you speak to a little bit to how we're evolving that? So so we had a big team meeting uh, and, it, and it was super important because uh, I had this feeling of like, oh, well, September, we'll go home. We'll just start performing again like normal, social distance, masks or, or something. Um, and the team was like, no, 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 no. Performing outdoors for single families only, maybe, and that's what, where we're at. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, all right, so good. We're we're having a lot of discussion about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing was that everybody kind of wanted to take July off. Uh, we've been working at this thing, like, you know, it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, creativity, especially in the face of all this stress, especially financial mm -hmm. stress, to come up with like a creative and fun and simple idea that translates into these DIY workshop videos. So everyone was kind of feeling like, okay, 100 is a good number. It's solid. You know, it's great. Let's pause that. You know, we could pick it up later. But um, like some people are leaving the city, you know, going places. Some people are just like, you know, I, I'm going to be in this hot box, like this tiny New York City hot apartment. I just can't. So everybody's feeling like a lot of different things about it. So we're putting that on pause. Uh, but we have a plan for like to continue our live 
content you know that that everyone has appreciated thus far and we enjoy making too so what's the plan so <laughs> so uh the first thing we're gonna do because because uh we need to replace seven days a week that we've been streaming live every single day right so we need content to fill that we still want to be able to connect with you guys you know every yeah. day in some capacity when i say content to fill that i don't mean like oh man we need something every day no matter what it is no it's like it's it just like in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, if people have come to expect a certain thing and we've enjoyed doing it too, then like, what do we want to do? Right. We don't want to just pull the plug on everything. Yeah. And, and it's not that we want to stop. We just want to evolve. So how are we evolving? What are so, we doing? So we, first thing we're doing, the sim simplest thing is we are remastering some of the workshops. So uh, we learn as we went and our setup now it looks great. This is where we want to be. It's got good lighting, you know. It's like mm -hmm. it's got the good cameras and everything, good audio. Uh, so we're going to remaster a bunch of the earlier workshops where maybe the internet connection was fuzzy. Or uh, my son came in and <laughs> helped the uh -huh. workshop. <laughs> Although adorable, um, you know, it's uh, for, long, for longevity, you know, of the viewing, like shelf life or whatever, yeah. we want to have a clean copy of that. And maybe we could take that like 50 minute workshop where we like paint for the first 30 and talk about how the quarantine is eating our brains, you know, <laughs> on the inside. Was that and, and just like shorten that down to like 15. <laughs> you know, yeah. and just like just like fifteen minute workshop, and that's better for for the long term. Yes, yes, but yeah. but I think for what we were doing, um, I'm so proud of us. I just want to say it again. I I think that our yeah. team really did some really amazing stuff, and um, you know, it really, I was for me, it was a it's been a wonderful outlet to um, have to think of something creative because <laughs> it had nothing to do with the pandemic abs whatsoever, and especially during. Um, the months of um, April and May, uh, I, that was really like a happy moment. When I was doing these workshops, it was like the one thing I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about anything else in that moment. I wasn't thinking about what kind of a parent I was being or not being or, um, you know, whether we were going to be able to get our online grocery delivery uh, slot that day or that there was you know sirens happening outside like none of that stuff was in my brain it was just all like oh am I communicating how to make this beautiful puppet I hope so oh how about I show it a little bit better in my video you know is the lighting good oh can you hear me oh look you chatted a question that's so sweet <laughs> so um you know it's just been a really nice uh, release for us too um, but we're going to continue to do some some new workshops as uh, the inspiration hits us. Because um, I know last night I was watching the fireflies come out with our kids because it's firefly season up here now. And um, oh, it's just so pretty. And it makes you want to make a firefly puppet. So um, <laughs> so why not, right? I think I think um, we, we have written, we have actually, if you're watching this, so we, we've kind of like written out a clipboard like a, like, of like a, fun. A schedule of like what what each week will be but because we're kind of coming into a transition period we're kind of kind of figuring it out as we go like like we'll we will release a schedule but at the same time um there are things that we're gonna, gonna have to figure out uh we're gonna have z building sessions on tuesdays and thursdays mm -hmm. so that means like 
if there's a puppet uh, that was uh, in need of some repairs, I'm just going to do those repairs live and you can watch me and ask me questions about um, puppetry or puppet building while I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. And then um, also I hope to start building some new puppets and you can build along and watch me do that too. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's always fascinating. To watch somebody just like live stream poking something like well, over and over again. Well, that's how I build, but yeah. Yeah, uh, we're we're still doing we're still doing Friday live shows uh, at eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's not going anywhere. We're just going to keep going with that um, because I feel like it's at this point it's a public service, you know, for all the parents out there who need a break from their kids, or for all the kids who need something awesome to watch. And um, and we're doing things like we're doing shows that we haven't done before, like. Uh, we're doing a Christmas in July special with a gingerbread man, which is like a Christmas themed gingerbread man. We're also developing new shows, like I said, so we're going to be maybe workshopping some of those things, mm -hmm. like some of those new shows and new show ideas, because why not, right? I feel like there's enough puppet building out there in the world. Let's see like some puppets in progress, right? And maybe some of our very smart, very well-versed friends can chime in and be like, maybe you should just do this or maybe you should just lose that or have you thought about this you know i love those kind of like questions because uh, you need an audience to figure it out um our friend our amazing friend and team member uh christina rodriguez has been doing this great video series called uh people of power where she does toy theater style uh, a little bit about um uh, usually people of color uh but like puppetified and a little bit about their lives she just released this amazing one about the first black woman in space, Mae Jemison, and um, she did one on the very famous Mexican lady Frida. painter, Frida Kahlo. Yeah, I was like, come on, just spit it out. Yep, there it is. Her series is awesome, and we want more eyeballs on it, and we've asked her permission because she broadcasts them on her uh, Facebook page uh, uh, called Shakespeare's, which is her company. She does mm -hmm. Shakespeare for kids with puppets, it's awesome. Uh, we've asked her, hey, can we like rebroadcast re those once a week? And she said, yes. So we're definitely going to be putting this out. Um, in terms of of, of uh, protest puppets. Uh, That's going to start up this week. And we are in the final throes of scheduling some things. But uh, I think it, we're looking at Tuesday and Wednesday mm -hmm. uh, evenings this week. Was, we're going to start. Um, and so be on the lookout for that. Um, so yeah. can you tell me? Can you tell us? Yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. About it? Because we, we so, kept it pretty close to the chest. Oh, okay. So, um, so what we did is uh, we reached out to um, people within our puppetry community, um, both puppeteers of color and um, puppeteers who are very involved in um, protesting uh, with puppets, um, and asked them if they could lead some workshops of uh, building uh, online, like live streaming, like we already are doing. And we would um, broadcast them on our channel and show people how to make different things to bring to these protests. And that might be a puppet, like what we might be more traditionally thinking of as a puppet, or maybe it's like a large three-dimensional fist, or maybe it's the power of the repetition of an image and like why that works and why it's important. Um, so we have a bunch of different people who are um, gonna be a part of this because the Black Lives Matters protests aren't going away. This discussion needs to continue 
continue going on. And also with the election coming up in November, there will be a lot of more opportunities to make sure that our voice is heard. And um, it's really important election, so make sure you're registered to vote if you're not registered. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to make sure that we are giving this platform to people who um, could really uh, share some of their knowledge and expertise and, you know, also share some stories with us too about their experiences. And if you know anybody who might be a good fit for this series, uh, have them contact me, z at wondersparkpuppets.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the reason that we haven't been more uh, vocal and showing um, and like getting people pumped and ready for this series is because everyone is so busy, uh, especially right now, yeah. that getting uh, somebody who is an expert on stapling cardboard together into an amazing shape for a protest is already doing that or already super busy with something or quarantining or doing new projects. So uh, we have a long list of amazing names, great puppeteers, puppeteers of color, uh, dudes that are personal friends of ours um, that we want to be like, yo, check out this list. This list is amazing. Uh, but if one of them were to fall through or they'd just be like, yo, I'm sorry, I, I want to, but I just can't because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, we don't want to disappoint anybody. So I think this is going to be one of those where uh, as soon as we get like a schedule going, we'll be sharing it and broadcasting those amazing puppeteers out to you guys. I'm super excited yeah. because I want to learn because we've been going out to our, our we've been we've been going out to our local Black Lives Matter uh, protest uh, two weeks in a row now, and it's like, man. We get so many great honks, right? Mm-hmm. But we need, um, we, puppetry is a visual medium and be, having like a big image uh, is way more powerful than having a little sign, you know, with just like one Sharpie that, that's not been like done, done up very much, like it's hard to read, right? But if you see an image, you don't need to read, it's just there. So I love that idea and I wanna try it out. And um, so more on that ex- very exciting thing as it develops. Uh, but let's let's talk about today because last last week there's a huge turnout for Black Lives Matter protest in Middle Springville. Uh, let me tell you, Springville is a very small village uh, in Western New York. Mm-hmm. My graduating class was I think 500 people. That's a lot of people. I take it back. It was 100 people. Okay. And I was like, it was, it was, <laughs> I was one, like, uh, what? No, it's, it's 100 people total. I uh, say that's a lot of people because my graduating class from a similar town was 92 people, and that I, was one of the biggest graduating classes they had ever had. I, I think it's 500 people in their high school total. Okay. So yeah, like 100, 100 people in our class that graduating. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we went out, and there was a big turnout. We filled up this this like little square. It was hot, but not too hot. It was a beautiful day. We had a lot of signs. Um, way more honks than angry, you know, you know, fists. Um, or thumbs yeah, down. Sometimes people people just pass and do a thumbs down. Yeah, but there's nobody in the village itself. It's empty. A lot of main, a lot of shops on Main Street due to the virus or just due to like just you know like rural America. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, empty. There's nobody walking around, so we're basically holding up to holding up signs to cars for, for cars for who are like passing and through motorcycles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So today, uh, because of reasons, um, not too many people showed up. Like we had less people, right? Well, Juneteenth was mm-hmm. yesterday. Today is Father's yes. Day, and everybody's like, I don't know, taking their dad out to brunch or something. Mm-hmm. 
So we had like less turnouts. Father. So thanks. Happy um, Father's Day, Chad. Yeah, I spent Father's Day um, protesting, looking looking for fossils with my boys in the woods, mm-hmm. which we found some. That's cool. Yeah, they're really cool in a creek, uh, and then protesting. Although, like once they got there and the the older one like held up a sign for a little bit, then it was just really hot outside. Yeah. So he just like sat down under a tree and just sat there, and the other one played with bubbles. Whatever, they're they're around. Yeah, they're they're seeing us do it, which is. Part of it I'm hoping too. that they'll have some kind of memory because I have a memory of going with my dad to a total stranger's house with like 50 other people and moving them out, like packing up all their stuff, moving it out into trucks, getting the whole move done in like a couple hours mm-hmm. and understanding why that was a big deal and like knowing that that is like you got to help people. Mm-hmm. And look, we're helping people. You you were helping people. You know, you're carrying out like a little bowl or something. Um, so, because we were so small, uh, we still get a lot of a lot of honks, a lot of great people. You know, like uh, showing the support. But we also had a couple people actually talk to us this time, like people who did not um, understand or like were against what we were saying. Uh, I think it was because our numbers were smaller that they actually like stopped for a sec and talk to us well they didn't really talk to us they talked at us yeah that's true because i'm always willing to have a conversation in fact i love having conversations with people because that's how you get to hear like how they really feel um about things and like why they feel that way but we never got to the why we just got to the how they feel because they would drive up yell at us through the window and then drive off which i'm used to because when i wear this shirt in new york city that happens to me Mm -hmm. um not all the time you know, or people will just come up to me and say something. But again, and I've said this before, when I wear this shirt, like it's inviting a conversation to happen, good or bad. I'm inviting interaction. And um, I'm always hopeful that it'll be positive interaction because, you know, I believe in the message. And I have believed in the message for a very long time. And I'm so happy that um, more people are starting to understand it. And um, the woman who is uh, coordinating a lot of the stuff out here. She has really just come to understand it in the last um, couple months, and that's really huge for her. So she's having her awakening, right? Mm-hmm. She's getting woke, as we say. Um, <laughs> I always feel like silly saying that, like that, but you know, when I had my moment a few years ago, mm-hmm. it really was like a like like brain exploded yeah, moment, yeah. and then I was feeling like. I can't just sit here. I gotta do stuff. I gotta tell people how I feel all the time. And I, I feel like we can we can claim that as part of um, of being white, you know, in this country is like part of our culture is like you gotta get woke because it's not in our face all the time or to let's say like in general general statements. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like that's like woke moment is part of white culture. I feel like we gotta. I read this interesting article about like how like. Like uh, you gotta gotta start claiming things as white because you gotta think of yourself as white so so that you can I don't know own, own it to privilege and all all kinds of interesting things. I watched this amazing uh, documentary on PBS. It was like eight hours about the Reconstruction era, like after the Civil War ended. Like how how do we get yeah. into this mess? And you know President Johnson and oh. uh, you know uh, all the things that I feel like we had kind of glossed over in high school or middle school. Whenever we learned right. about the Reconstruction, it was like. President Johnson's reconstruction failed and then the the KKK and then 
Jim Crow and like there's so much more stuff that happened like slaves were becoming members of Congress and it's so amazing and exciting and then to take like to take all that momentum and hope and for like a few key decisions to just spike it back down to to um back to the way things were which is like oh it's heartbreaking so I would encourage uh, everybody to um <laughs> go watch that documentary I think it's just called um, Reconstruction Era some, something like that. So I don't know the. I, okay. I forget the. So actual it was name. on PBS, and it was yesterday that you were watching. It was it? yesterday. It, so, it was their big fundraiser. So it was on PBS uh, yesterday, Juneteenth. I'm gonna look it up. Um, Chad's gonna look it up, and he's gonna tell you what it was because it, it it looked really cool. I was in the midst of uh, staking my garden, um, and uh, oh, Alyssa says it's called Thirteenth. Mm, no, nope. something no, else. But, but I bet there's there, there's a lot of similar stuff. So. Uh, why am I telling this? Because, because how are we supposed to teach our kids if we don't know ourselves, right? How are we supposed to know what to say to them if we are totally ignorant, right? So the more that you learn outside of like what's happening to you personally, mm-hmm. like about people, about history, and like that gives you more, not like ammunition, but more like stuff to chew on and like, you know, like, the, the more of an expert that you become in something, like the easier that you can relate it to somebody. Absolutely. And you can have thoughtful conversation, which is what I'm always hopeful for. Um, you know, uh, I, I do think that um, doing a Black Lives Matter protest out here in a small village uh, is, uh, it is a different vibe. But it's also, in some ways, to me, like just it, it's just as meaningful, but in a different way um, than in the city. Because in the city, um, we we would be surrounded by hundreds of people, and this is feeling of collective, you know, voice that happens and chanting and such. Whereas out here, we're basically saying there are people who feel this way, and we feel this way so strongly that we are going to stand here and hold a sign because there's no chanting, there's no yelling. We just stand and hold a sign and wave, friendly-like, because we're all America. Um, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of people beep because they're like, yeah, awesome, we agree, beep, beep, beep. And mm-hmm. then there are people who are like, how dare you interrupt my day with your opinion? Because I don't, not only do I not agree with your opinion, but I live out here so I don't have to deal with this kind of stuff. Yeah, one of the, one of the guys, one of the people who drove up to us, you know, with with their foot on the brake, you know, like slowly moving away, just you know, just enough to to yell something at us, and then yeah. and then go because their intention is not to stay and talk. I would have loved to talk more because it was really interesting. Um, but one of the things that they said was, "Do you?" On the guy on the motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, that uh, single dad raised two kids on only $300 a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but, Father's Day. And, and, he, and he also said, uh, are you from here? Oh, that's right. Well, that's how the conversation started. He came right up to Chad and said, are you from here? Very demanding, like. Yeah, and, and like, so his priority was, and he told this to Z, because you told that you admitted you weren't from here. I did not say that. Or, 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 no. Okay, then never mind, excuse me. Then, But he did say, if you weren't from here, you're not welcome here. 
uh, you know, I told him I was born here. And he's like, well, good, because... Because if you weren't from here, then you wouldn't be welcome here. Yeah, and and he started mm-hmm. talking about our signs and saying how they're not welcome, you know, and that our signs were wrong. Uh, but then he started to give this personal information about, like, I'm a dad, it's Father's Day, and I mm-hmm. have two boy or two kids, yes. you know, and I live on 350 a week, and my life matters too. Right. Which completely misses the point of what, what the sign Black Lives Matter is. Uh, Black Lives Matter means stop, uh, st- stop uh, murdering uh, black people, black men and women. Black and brown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stop, uh, it, it, you know, police or people stop thinking of our fellow Americans as the other or different uh, just because of the color of their skin. Or dangerous. That's that, just, that's that's all it means. It doesn't mean that you matter less, people who drive up and, and shout at us. It doesn't mean that all lives don't matter. All lives are sacred. Yeah, that's not what the sign says. The sign says stop murdering uh, black and brown Americans. And I think we can all get behind that. But for some, for whatever reason, for a lot of reasons, um, the a, a few people today did not understand that no. and decided to tell us but it was fascinating because the more that they shared the more i was like i want to talk to you but what's and so I, 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 it was so surprising what's so nice is that when i when when i have gone to these protests in new york city uh i don't ever get to engage with people who don't agree you know, um, and that that kind of engagement only ever gets to happen online, which is also very um, difficult because people can hide or say things that they normally wouldn't say. Yeah, um, they're hot, so, hot takes on social media. So I appreciate anybody who feels strongly enough that they want to come up and talk. Um, but, you know, I would much rather have a conversation than you just yelling. Yeah. But, but you know, whatever. I also realize that we are interrupting, um, um, like, uh, like a, what could have just been a trip to the store. Like you're driving to the store, and now we are interrupting you with a thought, a thought about like, you know, you you re- you thought you were just going out on on about your day, and you weren't going to have to think about this phrase anymore today. Black Lives Matter, and we're saying, oh, actually. I'm asking you to think about it again. Black Lives Matter. So then you have to think to yourself again, how do I feel about that? And for a lot of people, they feel good about it, which is great. And then there is a definitely a subsect of people here in Springville. Not necessarily a subsect, but well, a selection of people. Let, let's say anywhere. Who, to, back, yeah. back in our, our own anywhere, city. Anywhere. Anywhere. Who, dis, who disagree. Oh, because I've definitely gotten yelled at out of car windows in New York City wearing yeah. this shirt. And... Um, uh, and they feel strongly enough uh, upset that we have disrupted their day, that then they have to come over and tell us how wrong we are, that their opinion is right and how wrong we are. And I just always, um, I wish, and, and at some point when we're doing this, um, there will be conversations that we'll get to have, have, and that will be nice. But, you know, it is a thing. Alyssa yeah. says, um, if black lives don't matter, then not all lives matter. That's right. All lives can't matter until black lives matter. And that's yeah. the, um, that is the thing. So I think that that should be a sign we have next week because that was a few of the sentiments that were shouted at us a couple times out of their car with cars. I, I feel like um, part, part of, <laughs> it's like, um, it is ridiculously unfair that I look forward 
to those conversations with people in, because I don't have to have them every single day. Uh, I don't have people shouting things or having to live in fear or having like to live in fear of my kids, you know, anything happening to them because of the color of their skin. Like uh, we don't the we are the type of we are the type of Jewish family uh, that can blend in. Not all Jews can. Um, but but it's like um, so I look forward to talking to somebody because the one way you can really change somebody's mind is like by like calmly talking to them. Right. Uh, so every time that they would try to leave, you know, like especially the guy on the motorbike, it's like I kept on curving and like I have more to say to you. Um, but I just feel like I was also having that moment today of just like so many people are just sick of having to deal with this stuff every single day. And after the protest, I can just put my sign away and then I'm no longer a threat to people who disagree with that like very basic statement, uh, which is crazy. I'm thinking a lot about my friend, um, my friend Swanee, uh, what's up Swanee, in, uh, in South Africa, where it's very interesting because the, the, there's still a lot of like racism and racial violence, but the color of the skin is flipped to where it's a white minority uh, who gets accused of racism, but then it's a black majority who like commits like uh, like racist acts. Uh, I'm not saying that it's, it's like, you know, like 100% either way, but he's like, it's very interesting talking to somebody from South Africa about like how it's a little, like it's a lot the same, but it's like the white minority is often accused and then often the victim of racial crimes or racial hatred. It's like whoa! It's it's like uh, so. Uh, I, I had fascinating conversations uh, talking to him about that. You know, we had I think maybe maybe I already shared this once before, but um, at Fredonia, my freshman year, we had Sister Soja come and speak, and I was really intrigued because I was raised in a highly conservative um, talk radio household. Like I would listen to Rush Limbaugh every day, uh, not by choice, but just because that's how I was raised is that that is the type of um, political mindset that um, my house was. And so it was very right wing conservative. And I had remembered uh, specifically Rush Limbaugh very, being very anti Sista Soja um, mm. because of um, I think she was very active in the, in the, the activist scene, probably in the late 90s and, and stuff. Um, and this was back in like 1997, 98, that she would have visited the school. So I went and I listened in on most of the lecture that she was giving before I had to go to class. And one of the things that she said will always stick with me. She's like, because Fredonia, the state school that we went to, is very white. There were people of color who were students there, but you know, the, it was a minority. Very, very, very small amount. I, yes. I think, I, I, think it, I dated one tenth of the entire uh, black uh, population on campus. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it was a very small group. So um, she said she was speaking to all the white kids, you know, for the most part in the room, and mm -hmm. she said to us, uh, "So." All right, now I want you to know that when you think about Africa, I was just in South Africa. That is a country in the continent of Africa. It has cities that look like cities in the United States with skyscrapers. It's not all just elephants and giraffes. <laughs> and honestly, I was like, oh my God, it's not all just elephants and giraffes. Like, no, seriously. I was dumb. 
I was dumb and I was like the exact person that needed to hear her speak that day Mm -hmm. because of the way that I had been raised and because I was starting to question like I don't think that that stuff's right no I'm pretty sure that it's not right like the way that I had been taught to think and so oh my mom's watching well this is a great part for you to listen in on mom (laughs) happy father's day (laughs) awkward um but anyway so I heard sister so just say all that stuff and I was just like mind blown you know like they have cities you know, it's not just like like kids who can't who don't have enough to eat. Like that's what I knew of Africa: kids who don't have enough to eat, and they have really cool animals. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's I was, all you that's all you ever see or hear about, like on TV or yeah. books in in the eighties, let's say. And I'd like to say that that was the very beginning of like this very very long journey of mine to um, really understand. Uh, not only just like how um, kind of uh, had to reset the way I had been taught and thinking about the world, but then also um, how I, I had a, uh, an experience a few years ago where I suddenly I really very much understood that my being Jewish, there is this level of empathy that that comes up for me in terms of like the black experience and the Jewish experience and while they are not the same it is very it's very much I feel like I have stuff that we could talk about you know like we were slaves you guys were slaves like there's anti-semitism there is an anti-black sentiment and racism you know and if anything if you are Jewish you need to be out here lifting up and like, you know, it's, it's and, awesome. And helping out. And, you know, it's like when, when there were um, Jewish hate crimes in 20, 2018, 2019, uh, you know, b- before. So um, the Muslim community really came out. And the Jewish community uh, at, at this uh, rally that I was at, yeah. they were like, we welcome all of our Muslim brothers and sisters. Now, we can't not show up for them you know like we need to show up to their events too like like it can't you can't just show up when your group gets attacked you know when you are the victim you got to show up for everybody because they're showing up for you one great organization that i highly recommend looking into is jews for Jews for Racial and Economic Justice. Um, they do some really amazing work uh, in New York City, but then also um, they're just a, a wonderful platform to raise up voices and um, different things that we should all be concerned about. But uh, especially, I feel like the Jewish community, we we could be doing so much to amplify um, these types of concerns. So anyway, that's a lot mm-hmm. of political stuff, but you know, it's a political it's, time. It's, it's, it's and, affecting um, us and like... And like as as artists, right? It's like what's coming in, like what what your daily life is like a like art kind of imitates life yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. So like the the shows that we are developing mm-hmm. and the messages that we will put be putting into those shows, uh, so carefully crafted, um, will will have those themes. Like one of my favorite shows of all time is Tiger Tales by Chinese Theater Works. If you haven't seen it, it's an overhead projector show. It's very silly, and it uses these um, these scanned-in overhead projector uh, Chinese shadow puppets. But it's in a very modern type of style, like an overhead projector. Is but it's um, it's about like it's about like these bunnies like 
uh, outwitting the evil tiger who eats everybody up, but it's also about like uh, how you like the oppressive government forces and and other things like like the terrible things in your life and how what you need to do to survive. Yeah. And it uses like all Aesop's fables. You can use animals as a metaphor, right, for anybody throughout history, and they do it so well where like this one bunny decides to become uh, the prime minister for this uh, tiger who is, who's proclaimed himself king and they only do that to survive and through their, through their methods they eventually lead the tiger on a road to destruction where the tiger is eventually destroyed and they become the new king. I'm not saying that that's what needs to happen right now or, or anything, or that we need to do that to our <laughs> government or saying? tear it all down, you know, <laughs> defund the police, etc. Um, but it's like, that is something that I aspire to when we make mm -hmm. a show because we make shows for kids and you can't be, uh, super overt with your political messaging or people or only certain people like your markability goes down. Like only certain people will come to your show if it's the political show for kids, because not everybody agrees necessarily with your exact politics, but if you sneak them in there. If they're general or universal enough, uh, that, like well, I think that, that that that's where we're aiming. And here's the thing that I was talking with one of the fellow protesters about earlier today is that um, pretty much all these people who um, and there wasn't a lot of people who were against us being out there protesting, but you know mm -hmm. the ones who were um, more vocal about it, they um, will. If you said to them, "Are you a racist?" They're all gonna say. I, my guess is they're all gonna say, no, no, I'm not racist. But here's the thing is that there are racial, racial tendencies, like racist tendencies that people have that they don't even realize they have. And that is the thing that needs to be addressed because it's, it's like ingrained, this feeling of um, a large black man induces fear. Just the presence of a large black man. Like why? What happens between you know, a kid and an adult that suddenly we are just fearful of somebody because of the color of their skin. So mm -hmm. the, it's it's these kinds of things that like, or that we would just assume like one of the people who came up and were talking at us for a moment and then left, what he was saying was basically coming from a place of understanding that if you are black, then you must be low income, right? Because um, you can't, or make bad choices with your life or your money or something or, like or, or or some some kind of like misguided idea about and i'm doing air quotes black on black crime right it uh, was well there was a lot going on the, the, with his conversation but th that person in in the suv that person was racist he maybe they wouldn't say that but they, they would racist. never say they were racist in no. fact that is exactly the type of person that would say well i have black friends Yes. I have black friends, so I'm not racist. However, I'm going to point out all of these um, stereotypes and cliches that aren't there are unfounded. You know, it's just not true. And then, uh, and the thing is, is that there's a reason why this machine keeps like it feels like a machine. You know, like mm -hmm. that that we can't seem to get out of this, and 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 allow for actual equality and and to acknowledge the lack of equity well right? well, I, well i tell you from watching this documentary oh and i would say the name of the documentary actually oh what was it it's called reconstruction 
colon, America After the Civil War. And uh, Henry Louis Gates Jr. is the host. He's the guy who put it all together. Uh, it was It's amazing. It's a two-parter. Highly recommend it. Um, and one of the things that the Republicans, like I'm talking old school Republicans, um, uh, Party of Lincoln Republicans did was they figured out that the racism and the idea that a certain race was better than another, uh, that idea wasn't stamped out after the Civil War. It was still very much alive. And the only way to get their very progressive agenda through to protect uh, Americans of color was to write it into the Constitution. And they're like, if we can't change people's minds, we're going to legislate it. We're going to change the law of the land. And I feel like the same is true now because of all the terrible propaganda and people's minds and uh, the people that yelled at us today. Um, okay, great. I, I don't want to change your mind. Like, maybe I can't change your mind. But if we change the laws now to protect our fellow Americans, if we change how we think about, like, policing, um, if we change, like, a lot of different things, then, like, you know, then maybe maybe that's enough. Like, maybe that's the route we need to take is, like, you know, it's like there's a reason that, like, hate crimes are something that people prosecute and that it's a really big deal, you know? Like, it should be, a, like, as much of a big deal, you know, when when the police go too far. Yes. You know, when, yeah. when law enforcement in any form goes too far because they don't teach you that stuff at the academy. I'm here to tell you, I've been to the academy, I've been to those classes, they tell you not to do that stuff because you're going to get everybody else in trouble and you're going to turn public sentiment because of that against law enforcement. Don't do it. Um, and then it happens. And then, you know, like we're we and law enforcement, everybody are just like up the creek without a paddle. Anyway, <laughs> we will continue. This is a journey. It's a journey for us and That's it's a right. journey for a lot of people uh, right now. And um, we will continue to support um the community the puppeteers of color community and um you know just our fellow uh friends and neighbors and friends we haven't met yet um so uh and uh, make sure you're registered to vote yeah if you out there so um uh one one of the things and we're, we're wrapping it up here uh one of the things that has been passed around a lot lately is how do we support other puppeteers of color right uh, and there are a lot of amazing, awesome initiatives coming out. If you don't know, uh, Puppet Show Place Theater is, has just announced this uh, Black Empowerment Grants. With a, well, it's due June 27th, so, so you, you got to get gotta on apply right now if you So if you know anybody yet. who is an artist of color who's interested in learning more about puppetry, um, there's some amazing opportunities that are available right now through Puppet Show Place Theater out of Boston. And then... Um, there will also, I think, be some other opportunities coming down the pike that I can't say yes. for sure yet, but um, things are looking very promising in that area and a lot of different fronts. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, we as, I'm sorry, I must be allergic to something. Maybe it's the baby mouse down here. <laughs> there was a baby um, mouse, a tiny little mouse with a big head. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're just going to continue to um, do what we can and uh, and do our shows every Friday, bring love and light to everybody that we can, mm -hmm. and um, and make a show. I don't know what we're going to make yet, but we're going to make a show. I know what we're going to make.
Well, Chad has his show, but I think <laughs> I have my show. This is also what happens, too, is we are two artists, but we are also different artists. And sometimes we make work together, and sometimes we make work separately. And I think that I am all, I will be making the puppets for Chad's show, but then I'm also going to be making puppets for my own show, and I have to figure out what that show is. Some, What's some, the show, people? So, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we're like Outcast, where we do our music on the same CD, and then sometimes we release two different CDs where we both have our, t- like, that's where co-artists direction means sometimes you release separately sometimes you like are like yes absolutely what what i want to say was um if you out there uh know anybody who know anybody of color let's say or anybody really uh who's into theater mm-hmm. who is like yes theater's for me i'm gonna be an actor or in whatever fashion uh we can give you the tool the, these amazing tools for you to also know puppetry. Well, right? if you want, if you want, if you want to work in this field, you want to have, like you said, a tool, but like a toolkit, yes. right? So you learn about all the different aspects of theater, and um, and one of those aspects has uh, has not been as sh- uh, bright, brightly shining, and that is puppetry. And we want you guys to know more about puppetry. So mm-hmm. um, if you are interested. Let us know, and then we can um, we we can help you out. So we 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 will be I will be releasing um, like a video series soon. Don't know on what day um, about like basic hand puppet techniques that mm-hmm. I've learned from like amazing puppetry mentors that I would have loved to have all that information ten years ago when it first started. But um, it was even like years ago. We were like, hey, there aren't that many black puppeteers. Let's make some, right? Like, let's let's go <laughs> you into. You can't just make them. But, no, uh, <laughs> no, you can't force somebody. No, but I'm saying like, if you encourage somebody who is an actor anyway, or yeah. is getting into theater anyway, and say, you know what, you know, check it out, check out this niche thing over here that has so many great possibilities, mm-hmm. that is so amazing and incredible, and it can teach you how to be um, a better designer, better director, better builder, just by giving you the tools to be like, I'm not just myself and my body on stage. Mm-hmm. No, I'm manipulating something and thinking about every single aspect of its movement and how that communicates an idea to the audience. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what Puppetry is great about. And we uh, have a comment here from Kristen yes. Doyle who asks, can you make very sparkly puppets for children who are on the autism spectrum disorder? So um, actually, Kristen, um, I uh, do a lot of work with teachers, counselors, and therapists teaching them how to use puppets in their work with kids who have been diagnosed with ASD. And um, I can think a little bit more about um, making puppets specifically for kids uh, on the spectrum uh, who would want to perform those, like what kind of puppets that would look like. But um, if you have ideas and you want to reach out and keep that conversation going, send me an email because I would love to hear more from you about that. Um, so z at wondersparkpuppets.org. Or, and, or, or just send, it, <clears throat> send us a message on, on Facebook, like uh, through Wonderspark Puppets, and we will contact you. Uh, often, yes. I just want to say, Alyssa, I agree completely with your comment above. And then my mom's friend Janie is watching. She's known. We share the same birthday. Birthday twins. <laughs> I see you. Um, she says, thank you. This has been great. I just stumbled across it, and I'm so glad, even though I came in late. Thank you, Janie. You know, Janie is uh, a really amazing uh, family friend, and um, she's just very open to lots of, of different people, and she's got a lot of love to share. So we love Janie so much. Yay. And also my friend 
and Lisa from Fredonia is watching. And I want to say, Lisa, Lisa I Gallo? owe you an email to say thank you because Lisa made a donation. And I believe it was to my personal Venmo oh, account. Wow. <laughs> and I meant to uh, acknowledge it. And it just got buried. And so I am telling you right now, Lisa, <laughs> if you're listening, thank you so much. And I'm going to write you a very special email. Okay. okay. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, we are the Puppet Parent Podcast. We are. We're going to go home and make dinner for our kids now. Yay. We're making pierogies. Mm. I think um, this afternoon, this new afternoon schedule works for us. Does it work for you? Yeah, what do you what, guys what's... think? We had some new viewers today, yeah. so that's fun. What are, you, what are you guys up to on a Sunday afternoon? I don't know. Not, probably not in church, because church is like a, a Sunday a morning. morning thing. That's yeah, a exactly. morning thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're coming at you live on Facebook and YouTube simultaneously uh, every Sunday. We're, we're shooting for 3 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next week, we have a show at exactly the same time. So we'll be either be like later or earlier. We'll, we'll let you know on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But please come on back. Head on over to PuppetParentPodcast.com to check out all of our archives. This is episode 13. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, last last week we interviewed an amazing woman, uh, your friend Lenore. Lenore, Lenore Koppelman from the Cheeky Chipmunk. Amazing face painter from the same area we're from, Astoria, Queens, mm -hmm. New York. So she went she went from like how how do you uh, what do face painters and body painters do in the middle of a pandemic where you can't get any like near somebody or touch anybody, especially face painters. Uh, so instead, she decided to develop her art and became an amazing children's book illustrator. Um, she's on the path. She's yeah. on the path. And but we're, already we're rooting like, her on. Oh, she's, she's doing some amazing stuff. Yeah. So yeah. check that out. Definitely. You can listen to us on. Oh, here it is. Where here's, can you find us? List. We're on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Public uh, Radio Public, excuse me, not Public Radio, uh, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Anchor, or you can just head over to our website, Puppet Pup. PuppetParentPodcast.com and just download the MP3s. They're off there on the internet, <laughs> wherever you, you know. Yes. Yeah. So um, we hope that either you watch us live or we get to be a part of your day in some capacity and you mm -hmm. listen in. Um, thank you so much. You know, Wonder Spark Puppets uh, keeps going every day and every week because of all of you guys, you know, letting us know that the work that we're doing is important and it's valuable to you. And that just makes us so happy. Um, as artists, we're just going to continue to make stuff that um, will hopefully bring you guys some love and some light and some joy. And uh, that also in terms brings us those same things. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.